Including the week on the Just Baseball Show. Peter with the salute because he uses the salute emoji often enough. Uh, Friday, September 23rd, Jack, Aram, Peter, the gang, together to create a mega unit team for the postseason and also address what happened in a pretty busy week of baseball. We've got some call-ups. Guys are going to make their MLB debuts for teams that are either out of it or um, are in the thick of it, actually. Uh, also, a guy that has been at the helm of an organization for a really long time was relieved of his duties, and it was pretty interesting because he he guided them to the mountaintop. There's some intrigue there, but there are also some deeply rooted issues within that organization that we got to address. But first and foremost, um, how are you guys? <laughs> Good. I like that we're talking units, up units. That's all I am. <laughs> That's great, man. I like units. Arm, how are your units? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think pretty good, but football season starts. Usually my units get bad, so uh, we'll see. And playoff baseball ain't easy either, so we'll see there. I'm excited to talk about the Royals because I thought Dayton Moore should have been let go a little while ago. Yeah, so yeah. very interested to get into that. And then, yeah, I'm excited for our super draft or whatever, however we want to frame this thing. Unit yeah. draft. We're drafting units. Well, so I, I sent you guys the rundown, and I initially had the, the plan that we were going to talk for about 45 minutes on Ime Udoka and how that issue translates to baseball. But Correct. Peter shot it down pretty quickly. Yeah. He runs and, a tight ship. <laughs> yeah, and I, I want to address that while we record here because I think Peter uh, lacks some of the edge that this podcast needs. Yeah. <laughs> We need to get more controversial on here. I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about religion. I don't want to talk about you don't want to do his, you don't want to do the problems. top ten managers that are most likely to cheat on their wives. You don't want to do no, that. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> I like talking about baseball. I like talking about units, and that's what I stick to. I'm not good at very many things. What I am good at talking about units, talking about baseball, talking about football. And number one, Ron Washington, <laughs> <laughs> the tenth most likely manager to cheat on their wife. <laughs> but no, I will thought. say. At go heat. That's all I'll say there. Um, are we starting with Dayton Moore? Go Knicks. Um, we can talk about Dayton Moore. I, I was hoping to start with possibly the luxury tax because there go were ahead. six teams that went over the luxury tax this year, um, which w- was fascinating. Do you think that is a high number or a low number? I'll get into that list of teams in a moment here. I think it's high. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's high too, but not crazy high. Like I expected the number to be around four or five and that it's at six. It's not shocking, but it is higher than I thought. Um, Mets, Dodgers, Yankees, Phillies, Padres, Red Sox. (laughs) Nice job, Boston. None of these teams is not like the other. (laughs) (laughs) Can I address a rumor for a second? So I've been hearing this all over social media for no good reason that Aaron Judge might go to the Red Sox. And I just hold wanted to dispel hold on, this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Where go. are you seeing this? Saw it on TikTok, saw uh, it on Twitter, 
saw it on um i don't know if you guys follow wager talk no it was on did, there did the person on tiktok that stated this they're grown adults grown, grown adults ad- grown adult do we know if they work for a professional outlet or not wager talk professional outlet it's in the gambling space He's not going to the fucking restaurant. Yeah, he's not going to the restaurant. All I it wanted was- to do was dispel it, people. You act like I'm I'm I like I'm saying it's gonna happen. I didn't even know that I didn't even I wasn't even aware of a of a Well now you that. fucking know. And this is what is being told, and now I'm just dispelling it. And the reason I'm dispelling it is because the Red Sox won't extend Xander Bogarts, they won't extend Rafael Devers, and then they didn't give Mookie the money. So now they're gonna give Aaron Judge $350 million. That's all I want to say. You guys are freaking out for no good reason. I'm just saying that it's not there. It's not happening. There we go. End of segment. Okay. (laughs) End of segment. Um, Do you want to walk through the Red Sox payroll here? Because the other teams, like, it makes sense, right? The Dodgers are always going to be big spenders here. Uh, The Phillies are going to be big spenders. They spent big on the offense. They spent big on their two frontline starters. It has worked for them. San Diego, big money for Machado. You got a lot of money committed to, well, Musgrove now, but – who else? Snell. You've got big money committed to Darvish. Darvish. Will Myers. Will Myers. <laughs> Are they still paying Machado? Machado's expensive as hell. Yeah. Um, so like that all makes sense. The Mets, Steve Cohen's gonna Steve Cohen. The Yankees are the Yankees. And then you get to the Boston Red Sox that you you grab Heim Bloom, who is supposed to maximize the dollar for the Boston Red Sox and he, and he's not doing it. So you got Bogarts and Story both at 20 million right now. JD Martinez at 19.3, Rafi Devers at 11.2. But it, it's after you get past the 10 million annually marker that things get really weird. Matt Barnes for 8.1, Kike Hernandez, Michael Waka for 7. Rich Hill for five. Matt Strong Jackie Bradley. For three. Don't forget Jackie Bradley. Yeah, Jackie Bradley there. still on the books. It, it's really, really weird, man. Yavaldi for seventeen. Paxton for six. Sale for twenty. You forget David about Price. David, David Price is a retained salary. Yep. Yep. Christian Vasquez retained four five. <laughs> Jake Diekman at two three. They've got the, a lot of money doing nothing. The only good deal is Michael Walker for seven. That's a great deal. That's good it. job, Hyde Bloom. Unbelievable deal. <laughs> it's a great deal. Michael Walker shoved this year. The rest, not as much. I mean, Bogarts, you can – that's worth it, at least at this yeah. point. But they won't give him the money again. They'd rather give it to James Paxton, who's pitched Dude. well for them this year. I mean, they've got over $30 million committed to Jackie Bradley Jr. and David Price this year. Solid. Good players. That's crazy. That's <laughs> real bad. We want to talk big money. 61 and 62 are going to fetch big money. What was that kid's name? Michael Kessler. Um, the kid that caught 60. He was a 20 year old Yankee fan that caught 60. Uh, there was a melee in the yeah. stands. I'm shocked. Anybody came out of that, not battered to get home run number 60. The melee is only going to get worse for 61 and 62 yeah. here. Uh, and every homer after that, I'm sure. But my question is, what do you do? with it because i was reading peter the the tweet from ken golden the founder of golden auctions (laughs) before this uh i would contact ken golden at golden auctions wait i'm ken golden contact me if you catch this ball i'm not sure because obviously like you're going to walk the tightrope of morality and i'm trying to get my bag here yes each of those baseballs are going to go for over a million dollars 
I don't want to say, I don't want the money. I just want Aaron to have the ball. Give me a bat or something too. Yeah. What would you do, Peter? Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do if I caught Aaron Judge's 61st or 62nd home run ball. First, I go to the Yankees and I say, I want $1 million in cash. I want full season tickets for the rest of my life, including playoffs. And I want one baseball signed by every player on the team. Is that not worth it for the home run ball? Because it's going to be worth $3 million, I think. I think $1 million is even is even low for this. Aaron Judge is about to make Roger Maris's record in the American League. It's going to be the, the record in the American League. And it's a Yankee. It's a historic season. This ball is going to be worth $3 million. I think if I ask for $1 million cash. And first, if you catch it, go to security, get your ass home. Don't finish the rest of the game. People will be all over you, especially in New York. You catch the ball. You hold it as tight as possible. Act like you're holding a briefcase full of $3 million. Get to security. Get them to your car and go the fuck home. And just sit there. Well, you got to get it authenticated a... first. Oh, yes, yes. Yep. Actually, you're totally right. Get it authenticated. <laughs> Go to the guy sitting near the first base dugout on the home plate yes. side with, yes. the, with the clipboard and the stickers and go get it notarized on the clipboard and the stickers and go home. <laughs> so you guys cringe at what I was saying. Like, what would you do? Arm, what would you do? Uh, I mean, it's it's tough because I don't know if – I think I would pick the cash or the season tickets and all those things. Like, I I don't know if I would go both of them, Um, but I don't know. It's a really weird situation. My first instinct would be like, I feel bad asking for money, but then I realize Aaron Judge is about to actually get the most insane contract ever of all time. Um, I'm giving it back to the Yankees. I'm asking for like a, a reasonable sum. I don't think whatever, like half of whatever it would get at auction and then whatever they give to me. At that point, it's life-changing money. Uh, I don't want to negotiate it. I don't want to, I just want to like get the money and go. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I can't really even think about it. I can't even conceptualize that, to be honest. I have no I, idea. I'm on the other side of the aisle. I want a long negotiating process. Are you kidding yeah, see, me? That's, awesome. that's, a, that's my worst nightmare. That's my oh, that's, absolute worst nightmare. I don't want to be the asshole holding the ball hostage saying, give me a little bit more. Give me a little bit more. Give me a little bit more. Like if you offer me half a million dollars for it I, and whatever else, I'm more than happy. And I will, that's half a million dollars I didn't have before I went to that game. As a result of Aaron Judge creating history, that's fine with me. I'm on the complete opposite side. I'm wearing a suit. I'm going to make a long process out of it. I want it all over the news. Yeah. And I want some lawyers and I want to make it a big thing. Yeah. I'm going to ask for that. Um, also, season tickets, it's not really an expense for the team. They could just give that out. That's not a big deal. And then just getting a ball signed by every single player. No, that's fine. I'd, I'd, I'd want too, that. Then a million dollars in cash because I think this ball is going to be worth two plus million dollars. So they're actually getting a deal there. But I also, I want the shine. You know, Jack, I really want the shine. That's, yeah, more, no, that's I, mostly part of it. I can tell uh, you, you're all about just having the name in the news. That's what you need more than anything. Uh, the other thing that jumps to my more mind is than the buddy. if you were to wear a suit, I think you should wear a suit to yeah. this game. Yes. They play Friday night on Apple TV+. Plus. I think what you need to do is not only wear a suit, Agreed. but wear sunglasses to a 7 o'clock first pitch. Good idea. If he hits it at 930, you need to be wearing sunglasses. You Top need to hat. look like the fucking Secret Service when you catch. They're this. gonna no. think you're like actually like uh, the Illuminati. No. Like, you know what I want to look like? I want to look like Connie Mack back with the Philadelphia A's. That's the kind of suit I want to wear. Uh-huh. Baseball glove on both hands. Yeah, sunglasses, 
like the uh what are those uh ones that like Tatis wears? What are those? You know what I'm talking about? The uh, those giant now everybody wears them. Yeah, those the giant, giant glasses. Those are yes. hilarious. Connie Mac outfit suit, two gloves, both on one hand, and the uh the Fernando Tatis Jr. glasses. Can you imagine that dude catching the ball? What a psycho. He's yeah, that ball is definitely worth that two point five million just because of the story. Everyone's like, who is that? Look guy? at that Connie Mac idiot. Do you think Hample's out there? Zach Hample's out there, just ready to go. So we got to talk about Hample. We got to talk about Hample here because this is my worst nightmare. Before we talk about Hample, can we also talk about the fact that Judge's home run ball will be worth this, but so will Albert Pujols' 700th home run too. I think that'll be worth the same thing. Yeah, it might be worth more. It's the same thing here. I'd rather have Pujols' 700th for what that's worth. Huh? I don't know. I, I guess my Yankee Absolutely. bias makes me want judges, but I totally get that. I I, I don't I want know them like, both equally, and I I'm think, a Yankee fan bias. I, I think it's more likely we see someone hit 62, 63 than we see someone hit 700 again. And, Interesting. And I also just love Pujols. But, yeah, I mean, I, 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 if you're a Yankees fan, hell yeah, I understand that one, that one. But I wonder what the general public would prefer. Jack, do you prefer 700 or record-breaking 60-whatever? Yeah, you're you're a good gauge of the general public. Uh, why? Because I'm generic. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I haven't given you my answer for what I would want for Judge. Uh, I would exchange the ball for one percent of his future earnings, and he'd laugh in your fucking face. <laughs> I may drop it to 08 percent of his future earnings. I would say, hey, you owe me absolutely nothing right now. But I'm going to come knocking on your door on February 1st, 2023, man. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, what do you think you could get? What would you go to the negotiating table? I, I would ask him to hire me as his agent. Mm. And now I get to rep him. So I get more than 1% of his earnings. But uh, just baseball show appearance would have to be built into that. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely would have to be built into that. But yes. no, I think something around for half a million to a million dollars, see how they come in uh, and and go from there. But I don't even know how that whole process works. Like, do they offer you first? Or are they like, what do you want? And then you say a million. Do they just say like, no, what if they say no, then it's, what? It's probably, what do you want? Um, I, I thought that Michael Kessler, I think is his name. I, I thought that Michael did it really well. And, and he was, I don't need money for this ball. All I want is, you know, for Aaron to have it. And Aaron's going to hook me up. Because he did, like, gave him a signed bat, gave him several signed balls, gave all of his friends signed balls. I think for 62, uh, it's going to be a greater reward. And I think that the Yankees are probably hooking Michael Kessler up with a little bit more. And it, there's something about, um, you know, there, there's something about it, giving it back to him that that is pure that allows you to get hooked up by it. Obviously, I would probably lean towards getting the bag. Because that sounds a lot better. I would love $500,000. I've always said that I would throw my morality out the window for about $45. So $500,000 is perfect for me. So, um, but just a gauge of like the general public from generic Jack. How many players have hit 60 homers in a year? Judge became the seventh, sixth. I want to say judge became the blank clean player to hit 60 or more. Second. Third, well, Ruth third. and Maris. Oh, Ruth hit Ruth. sixty. Maris hit sixty-one. Became the third. So I think that the the steroid line, the 
you know, is weird in that regard. So let's give the steroid guys admittance into the club. Judge became the sixth player to hit 60 or more homers in a season. I think seventh. So it's it's Bonds, it's Sosa, McGuire. it's McGuire, it's Ruth, it's Maris. Bonds hit 73 in 2001. McGuire hit 70 in 98. Sosa hit 66 in 98. McGuire hit 65 in 99. Sosa hit 64 in 01, 63 in 99. Maris hit 61 in 61. Judge and Ruth have 60. So Judge is here, Ruth in 27. Sixth player. You are correct. He is the sixth player to do it. How many players are in the 700 home run club? Less. Good point. Bonds, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth. Albert Pujols would be the fourth. That's kind of incredible. But, yeah, I guess with no more steroids in our sport, hopefully, you know, you never know. Let's play the numbers game. And, you know, what's cooler? <laughs> like, think about it. A really, Pujols. really good season or a really, really good career? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Pujols' 700th yeah. home run. Pujols' yeah. 700th home run. Well, let me be biased. No, I, I, again, if if it was a Marlins guy, like if Stanton did it, I'd definitely be, I'd be in on that. You know, I would get it. But yeah, I'm I, only I, a human being. The 700 is just unbelievable, and we talk about like who who could ever get there, and it's such a stretch to really even conceptualize anyone being able to get there. Anybody can have that like one freak season. Uh, so yeah, that's always possible that it could get beat. But at the at the end of the day, I don't know if anyone's going to have this kind of season again for a very, very long time. Wait, the next guy to hit 700 home runs is Kerry Carpenter in the Tigers. <laughs> Correct. He's got a late start. Yeah, late start. So I have no idea, dude. Like that guy might not be born where I think that the next guy to hit 60 is playing in Major League Baseball right now I because of how that. baseball has changed. Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu, I was thinking maybe yes, Monty Grandal if he just swings more. So it's all about the <laughs> Eloy if he's healthy. Eloy if he's healthy is actually not a shitty answer. So I want you to throw a shitty answer out there for commitment to the bit. Uh, that, that was my commitment to the bit because he <laughs> won't stay healthy. Yeah, that's fair. Made of glass, um... Eloy Jimenez. Uh, what would you do if Zach Hample caught any of these home runs? Probably quit this show. I'd curl into a fetal position and cry so for three days. I'd be so mad. Oh, I actually, I would, I would believe that you actually can sell your soul to the devil at that point. <laughs> I, I, and I would, I would just believe that there's no good in this world because, like, if that's who gets it, like, damn, it doesn't. There, it, good people don't get rewarded at that point, right? Like, that's just you, you, you anybody can win it. But I, I really do wonder what his approach is going to be. And I wonder if he has like a pocket knife ready to go just in case or like something, something like just ready to go. Imagine he gets taken out in handcuffs because he was trying to physically assault the person who caught it. Can you imagine? <laughs> the lead story in the New York Post, Zach Campbell brings machete into Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I mean, that guy, will, I, that's the, the one thing is, is he will, he will truck you, but no weapons for Zach Campbell. It's just, he will hit stick you. Well, no matter what your age or gender, you get the hell out of the way. His but, fists are licensed with, I think they're, they're licensed weapons. His are, fists, are they? Zach Campbell. Yeah. yeah. Did that did that happen also, before or after he tried to uh, he tried to nab the uh, Colorado Rockies security for being uh, too woke when they for told doing their job and yeah, saying you can't stand up and run around here the whole game? 
and it was like, in a, like he's it was in a handicap section too. Like he yeah, was, yeah. he was in the handicap section. He was playing the shift. Think about that. I wonder if. Tell you what, I think Zach Hampel should be getting codified data. He should be getting codified. I think he is. Charts. I think he is. I'm he's on the sure. Speed leaderboards. I'm sure he's got a spray chart printout of every player in that game to know where the home runs go. That's not even fun. Like the game's no longer enjoyable at that point. You're playing, you're playing basically just a hide and go seek. Cause I don't even know. Like you're, you're literally scavenger hunt basically is what you're doing. You're not even enjoying a baseball game at that point. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird to me, but he's trying I'm to make luck in science. I'm yeah. done talking about this fucking dude. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Dayton Moore. The yes. Royals parted ways there with their president of baseball operations, Dayton Moore. And this is, by all accounts, a very good guy in baseball. He said he's not done wanting to work in baseball. Dayton Moore is going to have a major league job. Will it be in a leadership position like the president of baseball operations? I'm not sure. The Royals won the World Series with an overwhelming amount of homegrown talent and great deadline deals in 2015. But since then, the Royals' identity has transformed a little bit. They have intriguing bats. They had the best prospect in baseball going into this year in Bobby Witt Jr., who looks like one of the future stars. They had breakout boppers like MJ Melendez, Nick Prado. They had a breakout Mr. Everything in Vinny Pasquantino. They made a decent deal to go get Drew Waters for draft pick compensation. They've done some good things. Where the bad things lie and where I think the ultimate downfall of Dayton Moore within the Royals was was with pitching scouting and pitching development. Who's worked out? Brady Singer? It took a while. They have nothing in the farm. They have nothing besides Singer up top. It's really hard to think that the Royals are going to contend at any point until they do a pitching overhaul, and I think that was the end of Dayton Moore. And here's the problem, because it's also it's not that they have nobody in the farm. It's just now we don't believe in anybody in the farm because of how bad the pitching development has been in their system. Like Frank Mazzucato seems like a good arm, right arm. Like that's a guy who I know Pete Flaherty was into like a lot of he seems like a good arm in their in their um, in their prospect rankings like. They have guys. Remember, they drafted Ace Lacy fourth overall. Like, is he done now, too? It's just like, are all these guys nobodies? And is it because they were actually nobodies at the beginning? Or is it because of the Royals' failure to develop pitching? Remember Jackson Cora of Florida? I mean, he was if, awesome. Listen, <laughs> if if you need a, a check on Jackson Coar, go to his MILB.com page. Oh, I know. Baseball reference, bad. It's if bad. you want to check on Ace Lacy, go to his baseball reference page. Horrible. Yeah. They flubbed. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it, but are they – so are they bad at drafting? Because they don't seem to be bad at drafting. It's just when they get into the building, they can't pitch anymore because they're not being taught anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an overarching claim, and Arm can get a little bit more into the specifics here. But Arm and I have talked about this on the, on the call-up, especially with, with teams' philosophies where a, – a, Like Cleveland does a great job identifying the pitchability first guys and allowing modern baseball thinking and pitching to develop these guys. So they grab a guy like Nick Casey or they grab a guy like Tanner Bibby or Gavin Williams who find the strike zone at will when they are in college or when they're in high school, if they grab a high school arm like Tristan McKenzie and they allow them to to develop the stuff using the resources that they have. What Kansas city does 
is they grab guys that are 95 to 97 with yep. gross secondary pitches, have no idea where it's going, and hoping that they can teach them pitchability. That has all changed now. Baseball has shifted its thinking, and, and we've talked about it on the call-up. I think we've talked about it on the Just Baseball show, too. Ten years ago, maybe even six years ago, we're having a totally different conversation. You can't teach 100. You can teach pitchability to a guy that throws 100. Now, you can teach 100 with driveline, with Rapsodo, with more understanding of the human body and how the human body develops strength and endurance. You can teach a stuff uptick. You can teach different ways to increase your spin rate, increase your induced vertical break, even increase velocity with the driveline stuff. You cannot teach pitchability much anymore effectively. Arm, what am I missing here with the Royals? Yeah, I think that's all really important stuff. And you look at like Mazzucato, Lacey, a lot of those guys were, were kind of stuff over command type of pitchers. And then they also cookie cut it. And that was something that I, I assumed was the case. And then this piece came out in the athletic and, and really kind of detailed the way they cookie cut it. I mean, they really were not open to the idea of throwing two seam fastballs. Like everyone has to throw four seamers. They, they had these four absolutes of pitching, apparently in, in this athletic article, don't bang your heel, throw four seam fastballs. Don't throw across your body and right handers throw from the right side of the pitching rubber lefties throw from the left side of the pitching rubber. It's just not, that's just not how shit works. Um, you can't cookie cut it. You can't make pitchers all out to be the same, uh, especially when you're drafting pitchers that are, are all stuff over command guys. And you're trying to cookie cut the way that they get to their command. Not going to work. The thing I, that I think ultimately limited Dayton Moore's days and, and ended them essentially is that this was something that we've all been aware of for some time now, right? He had leeway here. He had time to figure this out. They had plenty of time to take a look in the mirror and say, we're not developing pitching well. How can we you know, reevaluate the way we are doing this? We're doing great on the hitting side. What are we missing here? They never did that. Maybe they did, but they couldn't do it successfully. And I think that's ultimately what the nail in the coffin was for Dayton Moore was Hey, you have not adjusted whatsoever to your approach here. There's a legitimate hierarchy within baseball. Players have less time to prove themselves, exponentially less time to prove themselves than managers do. Managers have exponentially less time to prove themselves than general managers and president of baseball operations have. Dayton Moore was given a very, very long leash, and he earned an even longer leash after 2015. Yeah. But as the years go on, 2015 was seven years ago, folks. Mm -hmm. Across seven years, if you shorten the leash, at some point, that leash is gone. The Royals hired a pitching coach who has never really been a pitching coach before. That was the problem. I was I was just on Royals Radio, and that was something that Joel, my guy, was talking about. He was like, they just hired somebody who doesn't have the experience there as their new pitching coach. And it's funny because the Royals had at one time, they overhauled the hitting department. So they proved that they would be able to do something at least to one side. And look how well the hitters have been. I mean, look how good MJ Melendez is. Look how good Bobby Wood Jr. is. Look how good Vinny Pascantino, Nick Prado. They have plenty of guys here. But the pitching coach, they just, to Arm's point, not all one, not all pitchers are the same. You can't make one guy like, let's say he's comfortable on one side of the rubber, and then you move him over because that's what you feel it should be. It's just not true. Just get the most out of that individual pitcher. It has to be on a case-by-case -case basis. Could you imagine drafting Alec Manoa and saying you can't throw across your body? I know. Like, no, Manoa, stop. You can't throw like that. Sorry. 
and Sorry. you have to set up on this side of the rubber. A uh, young, it, a young Bumgarner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Body. No, stop. You, you need to be more direct to home yeah. play. Like it, it, it's Chris just Dale, let's fix your mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just ridiculous. And uh, the last thing I'll say on the Royals though, is, I mean, they're, they're not in a bad spot still though. If they no. get the right guy in charge here, they've got a lot of, you know, really solid pieces. They've got most of it figured out. At least they found one pitcher here in Brady Singer. Uh, let's see what they can do to to really fill out the rest of this rotation and try to get some of their guys, you know, up to the next level here. It's crazy because Coar was even good at spots in the minor leagues, but you know, it's just really fallen flat. I'm interested to see how they can try to rectify this in the short term and the long term because the hitting is going to be there, right? Like you, you want to see them compete offensively speaking. They should be able to compete next year or the year after. But how do they get the pitching there in the short term and in the long term is is the big question. And how do you answer it? Free agents. You can't do it that way. I mean, that helps, but yeah. But I mean, it's Kansas City. Go I think get, they got to make a trade. I think they got to make a trade or two. I really Go do. get veterans who know how to pitch. Like, go get Chris Bassett this offseason. Make a trade for Merrill Kelly. Do stuff like that. You don't need to go get the big bopper, the guy with crazy stuff and who's already developed. Like, go get guys like that to help bring along some of these other guys because Zach Greinke is not the veteran to bring along young pitchers. That's what I do now. So, why? Because he doesn't least... like talking to people? Yeah. He yeah, that's a good speak. one. That's a good one. There was also, um, because I assume we're done on the Royals part, the Tigers hired Scott Harris. I know a lot of people want us to talk about that. Um, The new kid on the block from San Francisco is getting his first big-time role here with the Tigers as the president of baseball operations. He worked alongside Farhan Zaidi. And everything I've read, he seems to be like the next big thing. I'd really never heard of him before this. Um, But reading a little bit on this like MLB trade rumors, he spent eight seasons with the Cubs and just rose up ranks, graduated from UCLA with a bachelor's degree in economics, and went to Northwestern and spent time with the Nationals and the Reds. Seems to be, I don't know, I don't know what to think about the Tigers. Like, I don't know if he is the guy to change everything around, but I know he's probably going to be better than Alavila. It's a different approach. It's the polar opposite approach. (laughs) Yes. The exact opposite. The The only thing that I can say about Scott Harris is I knew he was a Northwestern Wildcat, go Cats. Uh, and I knew that he spent his time recently under Farhad Zaidi, and then he was also in, in the Theo Epstein, Jed Hoyer regime for a little bit as well. So he's been around good people. And, you know, I, I can't speak to his philosophies. I don't know if you have anything on his philosophies, Aram, but I know that he's been around good people. I know he played club lacrosse at UCLA. That's sick. That's huge. <laughs> That's yeah. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, obviously, this is part of what we're seeing in in front offices now. Um, a lot lacrosse? more of these <laughs> these type of lacrosse, it, <laughs> economics degrees in Columbia Business School and and things like that. Right? It, it doesn't matter whether you played or not. I think at this point, if you know when to defer to those who you know were on the ground floor, whether that's you know, people in your scouting department, people that you have in any sort of assistant role. Scott Harris has been around some of, like you said, the best front offices. I think he's going to learn or knows when to delegate, when to listen to the right people. And that's the biggest part of the job. It's not, oh, is this guy the mastermind behind everything that makes every single fucking move? No, it's does he know who to count on and when to count on them? And Scott Harris has been around guys who do that right. So I, I think he, there's a good chance he can, and he can't be worse than LV, I can tell you that. The executives that are always in the news are not master delegators, but the best executives are master delegators. Mm-hmm. AJ Preller is constantly having press conferences. You always hear from AJ Preller. You don't always hear from Alex Anthopoulos. 
You didn't know you never hear from Alex Anthopoulos, never hear from Alex Anthopoulos. If you haven't done this before ever, just search your favorite team's front office directory and scroll through the number of names. There's a staggering number of names involved in a major league front office. And yeah, some of them are ticketing and merchandise and, you know, director of broadcasting and stuff like that. But if you want to get nitpicky, scroll through baseball operations that's still an eye-popping number of people. Know when to use those people. They're being paid handsomely for the most part. Use the people that are being paid handsomely to assist you. And I think that the best executives know how to delegate, know how to use the people that their organization is paying handsomely. And it sounds like that's what he will do a nice job of. I just hope the people around him in the Detroit Tigers front office are people he can rely on. Sure, he can. I've got I've got a friend uh, who I grew up with that started with the Tigers as an intern out of Stanford. I like that, and has worked his way up. Not only is he funny as hell, but he also knows his shit baseball wise. There we go. I'm sure. Like, here's the thing: <laughs> baseball front offices are loaded with Stanford graduate interns. Mm-hmm. That's how baseball works now. Just listen to him a little bit, you know. And, Just listen and I know- to him. That was that was an issue in the Marlins front office. It was very, you know, when it was Jeter and Denbo, it was all Jeter and Denbo, right? Jeter's wanted his guys because he felt like he knew the game different through a different lens of everybody else. Maybe he does, but it doesn't mean you can build a team. Uh, and and that's just something that we keep continue to see. So hoping for better days ahead in Detroit. And I hope Scott Harris can usher those there because I mean that's a very passionate fan base that I know is very excited for this season was very much let down, but there's also a lot of really good pieces there. This is not a bad situation to inherit. If you are Scott Harris, there's worse franchises to be taking over in terms of talent. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. couple more things to hit headline wise, and then we'll get to our ultimate unit draft. But first we're going to take a break to tell you about diet smoke. Diet smoke is the solution to avoid those quote, Oh shit. I'm way too high moments. Diet smoke makes Delta eight THC, Delta nine THC and CBD products that are perfectly balanced. Arm just cracked the can their gummies, their drinks, their vapes are not only delicious. uh, They are guaranteed to give you that beautiful buzz. You've been looking for without melting you into the couch. They extract their THC and CBD from American grown hemp, meaning they can ship directly to your door. No prescription, no sketchy weed dealer, no need to even leave the house. Diet Smoke just released a bunch of new products and flavors, so no matter what type of mood you're in, they got you covered. So if you're ready to get that perfect high, head over to dietsmoke.com and use code JUSTBASEBALL, one word, for 15% off your entire purchase. Must be 21 and older to order. Uh, I mean, they have a soda. I just, I'm at the office right now, and we had one of the sodas in the uh, in the fridge. I don't believe that it works. I know it does because I've been told it works. I'm joking. But like, it just sounds so crazy to me that you can have weed soda, Delta 8 soda. So it's casual Friday and have a couple sips. I'm sorry. Arm's doing drugs on the podcast. (laughs) It's an ad read. You know, it's it's that actually tastes incredible. Lemon lime flavor right here. (laughs) Ready for the draft. Let's go. Let's go. Do we have anything else to hit before we drop units 
We do. Um, there are a couple things that I just want to fly through really, really quickly. Buster Posey just joined the Giants ownership group, which well, I find fascinating. I love it. They're back. They want to win. Buster yeah. Posey, they're all the Bro, way he's, back. he's about to suit up after Joey Bart strikes out for the fifth time in a game. Buster's he's just going to get out, out there. there. <laughs> I still think he'd be one of the best catchers in baseball if he just decided I, to put the put the gear I, back on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Uh, and then real quick. Three guys making their major league debuts that I want to talk about. Ezekiel Tovar with the Rockies, yes. Will Brennan with the Guardians, Michael Siani with the Reds. We'll stack them. We'll go Siani, Brennan, Tovar in order of injury. I disagree Tovar with that left. order. I disagree with that Ooh. order. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. Siani is the least intriguing, but Michael Siani does Rude. some wonderful things. Arm, what does he do? He flies. He can play elite defense in center field. And I think he's the perfect fourth outfielder there. Offense has been a bit better this season. So, I mean, maybe you're hoping you can get an average regular there with elite defensive ability. But I think just a perfect fourth outfielder for the Reds. And I think a big league piece for them for, for the foreseeable future in, in, in some capacity. I saw him in high A last year. And, and Siani was a guy with serious, serious prospect intrigue going into last year. And this is a guy that is speed and defense. You hope that he gets on base. He hit 216. It, it was not good enough. This much year, better this year. Yeah, he bumped that in double A to 252. So he got better when he oh, with up. more juice too, right? A little bit more, more juice. juice. 19 doubles, 12 bombs in 121 games. Only punched out 90 times in 531. How many bags? Uh, 49. Yeah, 12 times. He flies. He flies. Yanni is a great defensive center fielder. Ooh, one yeah. of the best defensive center fielders in minor league baseball. He flies. The question is always going to be bat. But you know what? Nick Sanzel is going to be on the IL for the rest of his career. Yeah. There's room for Michael Ciani. The, yeah, way you guys the way you guys hyped him up, I was like, this is the third most intriguing. And then it's like, well, the bat. It's always like, can you hit? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, well, like, can you hit? Like, yeah. geez. Yeah, not, not really, but you should see the way he catches balls in the gap, dude. That's all that matters. That's above average. That's yeah. above average is all that matters for a fourth outfielder. This guy can hit. Will Brennan is up. Will Brennan just made his major league debut. Will Brennan is a guy that I've been madly in love with for quite some time now. <laughs> um, Will yes. Brennan across double and triple A this year, 129 games, hit 314 with an 850 OPS, 40 doubles, 13 homers, 107 RBIs, 20 for 23 in the stolen base department. He's one of the best pure hitters in minor league baseball that nobody knows. Um, guard, does, he, does he come from the school of hard knocks where Ty France and Vinny? Yes. Come yes. He absolutely, yeah. he absolutely does. He absolutely, he comes from the legitimate school of I hit at every level. So nobody cares about me type of thing. Cause I no, no, no tools jump off the, off the page. Dude, That's if you'd it. like Steven Kwan, you're going to like Will Brennan. Yeah, really? It's yes. like that. Is it that good at bat to ball? But is it, not is, quite is as good, power? but he's he's not as good at the bat to ball, but a little bit more power and just just refreshingly puts the ball in play at a really high clip. Uh, but yeah, he's from that same cloth, like cut from the same cloth of just like always hit, but nothing was too sexy. So we ignored them. And yeah, he's he's right there in that same department. Huge fan of Will Brennan. I, I am I, I am such a Guardians fan right now, which is hard. Growing up as a White Sox fan, this is this is very interesting. But well, like we just talked to Nick Sandlin yesterday. Yeah, uh, no. That, for those who may have missed that episode and just saw ultimate draft, whatever that we're doing, like it, check out the interview <laughs> with Nick Sandlin. That was freaking awesome. I know people look at the buzzwords and they're like, 
oh, they drafted, you know, units. I, I'm listening to that. <laughs> Thank you for listening. But check out that Nick Sandlin interview. That was actually really fun. Peter and I had a great time talking to him. And who knows? Maybe the Cleveland Guardians bullpen unit might be in our ultimate unit playoff Braganza draft of units. Braganza. I love when Peter word. just starts bringing out the fucking thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm liking the guardians, uh, what they do in, in terms of young bats. I think the 2023 Cleveland guardians are going to have a lot of fans, <laughs> lots of fans. Uh, and then the other one, Ezekiel Tovar and, yeah. and Aram, the floor is yours on Tovar, who, as soon as you dove into the Rocky system, I think you were in love. So funny because Peter and I were just talking about this on the mailbag of, you know, which situation would you take the, the the angels or the Rockies? And we were talking about a lot of the future prospects. And I told Peter, I said, I hope he's up by opening day or early in the season next year, but Ezekiel Tovar will be my, one of my, probably my number one rookie of the year pick for next year. Now he's a hundred percent my rookie of the year pick. He gets a taste of the big leagues, you know, gets to get a little bit of a feel for it. Gets that, you know, two week struggle out of the way and can go into the off season you know, just kind of applying what he's learned. But Tovar, for for those who might not know much about him, turned 21 a month ago. He missed some time after just getting off to a ridiculous, ridiculous start in double A, 66 games at 318, 386, 545 with 13 homers and 17 bags in double A Hartford, which is not an easy place to hit as one of the youngest players in the entire league. And then goes up to triple A, rakes for five games there, homers and they go okay you know what let's just bring you up to the big leagues really aggressive i love it though he's in that same conversation as michael harris and these other guys that they're you can just you can just send them up same conversation as harris because the glove is big league ready and big league plus he is an elite shortstop the bat's gonna play this is gonna be one of those guys that everyone's like where did he come from and then very quickly we'll be talking about him as a top 10 shortstop in baseball just acknowledge, yeah. I wait. Holy take here. Oh my god. Yeah, that's wait awesome. a minute. We can't just. That was a fucking. <laughs> was were just, you guys that were was... just expecting me to just like have like an easy like generic. Yeah, I was expecting like a generic. You know, like limp to the finish line there, and then you just finish with the exclamation point of all exclamation points. So people just forget about in Brendan. baseball. People are going to forget about Brendan Rodgers. He's just done. Or he's a second, second baseman, base. right? Yeah, second baseman. Am I forgetting Rodgers. someone else that could play second for them? No, I mean Amador in in two years. Yes, I love him, but that's yeah, he's further off. So Rogers goes to second. That's yeah. a Rogers sick infield. Second. But that's the reason infield. the reason Tovar's up is because Rogers is on the IL. Yes, correct, correct. So, I last yeah. thing I'll say on him real quick. Uh, gets insanely high marks for his maturity, and I even got to speak to a couple of his teammates, including Jimmy Heron, who was on the call up, and he was like, Tovar was one of weirdly one of the only non-English, like native English speakers on the team and the youngest player. And that's obviously a very difficult situation. And he's like, he quickly became everybody's favorite teammate. And just the way he goes about his business, you think he's 25, uh, but he just turned 21. So those are all things that, you know, kind of put a guy over the top. Can we acknowledge that Aram has a type because he picked Jeremy Pena to be his AL Rookie of the Year this year, and he's now picking Ezekiel Tovar to be his NL Rookie of the Year next year. This is immediately one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball that can hit enough to be a Rookie of the Year. And I said the same thing about Pena at this point last year, so... Yeah, I, I want to catch arm off that diet smoke in this hot take kind of realm that he's in right now. Yeah. Tovar or Jeremy Pena? <laughs> it's hard. Okay. You ready? Tovar. Oh, I'm ready. Tovar. Tovar, huh? That younger, 
more, a little bit more dynamic, better bat to ball power might be slightly less, but he's at cores. I'm good. And he's just a better hitter and the glove is slightly worse. No, I'd say gloves almost there. Almost there. Almost there. Dude is so smooth with it. Um, if I'm hitching, if I'm hitching onto Arum for, for one guy right now, I think it's Tovar. Like it's the Rocky system in general because I find myself watching Spokane Indians and Hartford Yard Goats games where I just want to see Zach Veen and I want to see Drew Romo and I want to see Adiel Amador. But I was all the way in on Tovar as soon as Arum like preached the Tovar gospel to me. Uh, so I'm you in. know, in Moneyball when they had uh, like Jason Giambi. Um, Johnny Damon, Jason Isringhausen, like those posters going yeah. down. So, so in a couple of years, it's going to be Daniel Bard, Herman Marquez, Tovar, and Amador. Like those, those are going to be the four. Daniel Bard in like four years, forty three, <laughs> just still has They're the banner extend, up. They there. extended him. He's he's the future. <laughs> he, he actually is. That's why yes. I, that's why I can't buy the Rockies arm. You can tell me they have they have ten top one hundred guys. It's like, do they have any pitchers? Well, they have a lot of good offense. Yes, like Gabriel. They Hughes. have Daniel Bard. Yeah, they have Bard. Gabriel Hughes. Don't sleep on Gabriel. I, Hughes. Bet, I did like that. You gonna save it? He's gonna. Yeah, I think so. He's gonna have a four seventy RA at Coors. Yeah, Arena's got a five two. You Arrania's know what Gabriel great. Hughes is gonna be? Gabriel Hughes is just gonna be that guy where man. If he was out of course, he'd be so good. Correct. He's going to be Herman Marquez all over again. It's like, oh, really talented guy. We got to get him out of course. Keep yeah, could signing be top 30 extensions. On the road. Keep signing extensions. Right. Get out of there. Sneaky Cy Young sleeper next year, Jose Arena. He's- and with that, <laughs> draft. Let's do it. Here's what we're doing we're taking a lineup, which means offense and defense. We're taking a starting rotation and we're taking a bullpen from teams that will be in the postseason to win us a World Series. Don't forget a manager and a manager. manager I forgot. I love that. Actually, I, I like that. That was a Peter edition. I like that one. Yeah, that is a good one. Um, so playoff caliber, you know, units that will find themselves in the postseason lineup, rotation, bullpen, manager will snake it. So whoever has first pick is going to have four or whoever has first pick is going to have sixth pick Mm -hmm. and then seventh and so on. Um, All right. Let's see. How am I deciding this? Random, random order. Uh, I'm going to do it. Random order generator. Aram, you're number one. Peter, you're number two. I'm number three. I already love my spot in the two hole. I'm going to win this. You're going to win this? Because you know we're going to put it on Instagram and put it to a vote. Oh, great. Wait for the results. Oh, Oh, great. (laughs) One, two, three. The public hates me. Three, one, two. So I get first pick. Oh. Three, one, two. Peter, you got third pick. Oh, you know what? Love my spot at three. But I have the second pick? Yeah. Hate it. Hate it. Love my spot at three. (laughs) I actually was a lock to be the second pick. I'm done with the second pick. I'm way on to the third. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, all right. I got first pick. Mm-hmm. Give me the Astros starting rotation. Oh, continuity. Give me Verlander. Give me Fromber. Give me Lance McCullers. I want Christian Javier as my four and the possibility of Hunter Brown as my swingman. Wow. Really? You went to number one. Wow. What a blessing. This is like when I'm in. A, it's like being in a fantasy football. I'm, I'm two, right? Yeah, I'm two. You're two. It's like being in a fantasy football league. You have the number two pick, and someone took McCaffrey instead of Jonathan Taylor. Okay, thank you. I'll take the Los Angeles Dodgers offense. 
Okay. Ooh, okay. But remember, I mean, we also got to we also got to talk about their defense too, because you're getting the Dodgers defense. Yeah, true, so true, with, true, true, true. With the Dodgers, you get the number one offense yeah. in most statistics. But on defense, as a team, they are six outs above average as a defense. So they're around middle of the pack, at least in that stat. I already won it. Yeah. yeah. I already won this, no, guys. Well, dude, uh, the ahead. one thing I want to say on the, on the Dodgers real quick, though, is I think their offense is so much better than everybody else's when it's really clicking that I I, I'm, I can't believe they fell to me at two. It's absolute steal. Well, I, my first two picks are the picks I am now getting. So okay. whatever order you want them in, I'm going to take the Mets starting rotation and I get Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, and Chris Bassett and Cookie Carrasco. Okay, I got the best one. And then I'm going to take the Astros offense because it also is with their defense. And the Astros are probably the second best offense to the Dodgers. And they are second in baseball and outs above average at 29. Can you guess who's number one this year in outs above average as a team? Number one this year? Number one this year, and it's not the Cardinals. It's the Guardians? Nope. You're never going to guess it. No, I think I could. Like, there's a lot of good defenses up here. Like, um, So I'll give you the top five without number one. Astros, number two. Padres, number three. Cardinals, number four. Guardians, number five. Is it Tampa? Nope. Wow, this is interesting. I actually like this. Number one defense. I, I'm going to be mad because I feel like I, I did this like look recently. Hmm. Uh, let us know. Is it, it's going to be some some random, not that good team, right? The Arizona yeah. Diamondbacks. Makes sense, honestly, though, when you think about it. Yeah. They have a the, lot of good defenders. Alec Thomas has been phenomenal out there. I mean, the, Christian Walker at first. Carroll, Christian Walker's great at first. Dalton Varsho's good everywhere you put him. And Geraldo Pardomo can't hit, but damn. But that's the, the one thing he can do is pick it. That's the one thing he <laughs> yeah. can do. Yeah. Wow, that's so, pretty awesome. That team's in good shape. That team's in good. We talk about it, but that team's in good shape. Guys, I would have taken the Mets starting rotation and the Astros offense with that defense with my first or second pick. I won. All right. Okay. <laughs> Aram is next. Oh, there's so many directions I can go here now. Peter, are you writing this down? Uh, no, but I will now. Okay. <laughs> so um, hold, hold on. on. Let, let's let's rehash so Peter can write this down. Yes, I would love to rehash. Gives me more time. <laughs> Yes. Good. So no, yeah. I've got I took the Astros starting rotation. Okay, hold on, hold on. Google Docs loading. Yeah, so, I've, I've Jax, got it on OneNote, man. Do, do I need to preach the Microsoft oh, OneNote gospel again? No, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Actually, a lot of people liked when he did it for some reason. Yeah, they um, people liked it when he preached the OneNote thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they loved it. Uh Houston rotation. Aram took the Dodgers lineup. Peter okay, so you're took doing it. Yeah, I got it. Peter took uh, Mets rotation and Peter took Astros lineup. Okay. Uh, Aram. Okay. There's a lot of directions I can go here. You guys both took your rotations already. I took my rotation and my offense. Yeah. And Jack took a rotation. Yes. I'm going to go Dodgers bullpen. Oh, dang it. Thought that would fall. <laughs> Dodgers bullpen. I mean, this bullpen so stupid. Just don't use Craig Kimbrell and you're the best bullpen ever assembled. Yeah, it's funny. Their closer is the worst bullpen. Like Caleb Ferguson, Alex Vessia. 
um, Phillips, Evan Phillips for them. Evan Phillips, now that they have him back. Evan they are so loaded. How about Chris Martin since they acquired him? Traded McKinstry for him, and he's been unbelievable this year. They have the second best bullpen ERA as a squad, and that's without Blake Trinan for most of the year, and that includes Craig Kimbrell blowups. I mean, literally, you and move, even, remo- and you know he's not throwing in the postseason. I don't. I don't think they're going to use him in those spots as much. I don't know. We'll see. I would hope but not. I would hope not. All right, what's next? Um. All right, Aram just took the Dodgers bullpen. I am taking the Braves lineup. Braves okay. are second in team OPS, only behind the Dodgers. I love what they do. I love them on defense. The Braves ranked 12th in baseball, tied with the Dodgers with six outs above average as a team. It's fine. Give me Olsen, Riley, Acuna, Harris, Grissom. No, it's not maybe, too bad. Maybe I mean there are there, it's very good. This is a this is a let's let's split hairs with the best units in the entire sport. Uh after that, I'm taking the fighting Nick Sandlins. I want Cleveland's bullpen. Emmanuel Classe has had an out-of-body experience this year. Trevor Steffen, been good. Sandlin, been good. Eniel De Los Santos, been good. Karen Chak, been great. Uh, I I really like my pick here. That bullpen's insane. <laughs> we talked about that on the episode. That bullpen's crazy. Arm, you're up. You're back up again. I'm fighting a really ridiculous urge to just troll you guys. Take take the all, all Dodgers team at this point. Just just take Dodgers everything, um, and then I'd have the best. Team. Now, what would but, that rotation stack up as? It would stack up as Julio Arias, Kershaw, uh, Gonsolin, and Tyler Anderson. Yeah, I don't even love that that much compared to. I'll, I'll, okay, so I'm. I got to get a rotation here, and I'm between. Honestly, I think the Mariners are a really dark horse rotation, yep. but the Braves, led by Freed and Strider, is mm. is just silly. I, I'm gonna go with the guys that have been there. I'm gonna go with the Braves rotation. Okay, that's fair. So what I have left is I have my manager and my bullpen. Yes. So I'm going to get the best performing bullpen this season by ERA, by FIP, by XFIP, by most stats, and that's the Houston Astros bullpen. Yep. So I have the Houston Astros lineup, and I have their bullpen because they are really electric. You look at their bullpen with Ryan Presley, who's been one of the best closers in baseball this year. You got Montero, you got Naris, you got Will Smith, you got Stanek, who I think leads Major League Baseball in ERA from a, from a reliever standpoint. They also got Abreu and... I'm taking Hunter Brown for me, Jack. You don't get him. I get him in my bullpen. That's you don't bullshit. get him in your rotation. <laughs> I want him as an option. I want him as a We floater. can split him. Can we split him? Yeah. You guys get to share so him. You get yeah. if he comes in in the fourth inning, you get him for the you get him all the way up until the fifth inning. So if he pitches the sixth inning, he counts for me. So I get the front five innings for the Astros. You get the back. Yes. Four. Yes. So if Hunter Brown comes in in the fifth and then pitches the sixth, like I get him for the sixth. Yeah, but which I get is it honestly for an not as good for me because. That's his second inning of work, so it's fair. But give me the best-performing bullpen this year. And for, and for my manager, I'm taking the best manager in the sport in my mind. Tito? That's Terry Francona. Yeah, Give me Terry Francona of the Cleveland Guardians. Been there, done that. Boston, yup. 
here in Cleveland, the only reason they're here, I think, is because of him. I mean, there's a lot of other reasons, but this is in a, is as star-studded of a roster as you, there are other playoff teams, and you have to give Terry Francona a ton of credit for what he's done year in and year out with the fourth lowest payroll, with the team, with a bunch of young players. Nick Sandlin talked about it himself. Like, they, they stand behind Tito. Give me him as my manager. My team is so loaded. Are you kidding me? I have Terry Francona. I have Houston's bullpen. I have Houston's lineup. And I have the Mets starting rotation. Good night. We're not done. Arm We're done. Go. <laughs> We're done. Um, okay. I got to go manager here. I'm going to – I'm not taking – I'm not taking – um dusty baker even though he seems to do a fine job there i'm just just not doing it i'm gonna go with snit i'm gonna go with brian snit yeah i i love the way snit balances the analytics in the field i love the way snit was managing the postseason last year they won it all so obviously it's hard not to like it and what they've done this year is just unbelievable i trust that guy with my life give me snit Ryan Snicker of the Braves is also going to be my second pick if for some reason one of you guys took Terry. Yeah, damn it. I wanted Snit. You have a good one left that. I've got a great backup plan, and that's Buck yeah. Showalter. Yeah, exactly. I'm taking Buck. So here we go, man. I feel good about Buck here. So uh, just to recap, Peter has the Astros lineup, the Houston bullpen, uh, you have the Mets rotation and you have Terry Francona. I win. Arm, the Dodgers lineup, Atlanta's rotation, the Dodgers bullpen, and Brian Snitker. Shit, that's pretty good. <laughs> I have the Braves lineup, the Astros rotation, the Guardians bullpen, and Buck Showalter. That team stinks. <laughs> 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 it's I loaded. cannot believe you went Astros rotation first overall. First, first pick. He's like that contrarian fantasy football guy. I'm telling you, like, what do you it, mean? no, it's like you went Dalvin Cook first. Like, good. Not even CMAC or CMC as Arm likes to call it. No, CMC is what normal people call it. CMAC is what you call it. Uh, I think that pitching wins championships. But you didn't even pick the best rotation right now. I thought I did. Mets Degrom shirt. You're an anti Degrom guy for some reason. Yeah, I hate DeGrom. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Right, we're, like talking about, we're talking about best stuff on the podcast, and he's talking about Dylan Cease. And I'm like, you're just forgetting DeGrom when all these things. When you guys talked about must-watch playoff pitchers, just didn't mention DeGrom. And I'm like, what is going on? Is that he's the, so good that you just forget? The LeBron, the LeBron effect. LeBron effect. Like, I feel like I can't Jacob add DeGrom any. goes 102 miles an hour with a 90. I, I can't miles. add anything to Jacob DeGrom. Like, I feel like when we talk about him, it's like I can't, I legitimately cannot add anything. He's sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just so stupidly good. And everybody knows it that I literally almost put it out of my mind. I'm like, he, he but yeah, it literally is the LeBron effect. There's times where I forget about Jacob DeGrom, which is crazy. Well, that's the same thing that happens with Miles Michaelis, too. We forget about Miles Michaelis. Yeah, why do we forget about Miles Michaelis so much? Because he's LeBron. <laughs> that is very true. Also, let's talk about some units that, like, you know, honorable mentions to these. Um, because I think, 
I was pretty intrigued by taking the Cardinals offense. First, they're one of the best lineups in all of baseball and defensively. I mean, it doesn't really get much better. But Houston has just a tick up on offense and a tick up on defense this year. That's why I went with Houston, but I was definitely thinking about the Cardinals. You know, the Yankees bullpen is very, very good. Um, Chapman has even looked better lately. You know, you still got Clay Holmes. You got Jonathan Loisega. You got Lou Trevino back there. There are some good, good arms back there in the Yankees pen. Um, who's another starting rotation? Obviously, the Guardians. Led I by think Cal. the Mariners are really set on rotation. Yeah. Castillo, Kirby, Ray, and Gilbert, who's now you know Gilbert just went up. like eight shutout or something. Yeah, Seven no, shutout, something. that that rotation is silly. Um, who were the other good rotations that we didn't take? I mean, St. Louis, like no, with, Mon- with Montgomery now. That would not actually be maybe I mean, yeah. That would be one of the last picks ahead of Philly's defense. I agree. <laughs> They're combustible. Um, That's the only reason I don't want to take Philly's offense because Philly's offense is loaded. Also, Blue Jays' offense, loaded, not as good on defense. Also got to acknowledge the Phillies' rotation. Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, they've been good. That could be a a sneaky good postseason rotation. I just don't trust Wheeler this year. Padres. Padres are really good on defense. Top five and outs above average. And, I mean, you got Juan Soto, Manny Machado up there. I mean, that's a good offense, too. 205 Juan Soto? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why it's like – He's the heating up. up is he up to 210 now? And I yeah. gotta say, if the Yankees offense is humming, you want them to. Well, Aaron Judge. Yeah, but also Giancarlo Stanton. If he he's grabs that momentum 200. from that, well, I know, but if you know he's a momentum guy and he's a big playoff performer too. Yeah. So if he grabs that from that walk-off grand slam against the Pittsburgh Pirates, maybe he turns in a nice couple of weeks and then and then lights it up in the playoffs. Who are the other I'm thinking, you know, like Dave Roberts probably was going to go undrafted. Um, Bob Melvin could have been a decent pick. I wouldn't fault yep. anybody for going Bob Melvin. What about Kevin Cash? Yup. Um, That's a great one that we didn't pick. Cash? Yeah. I don't know. It's Cash slash Eric Neander, right? Yeah, I was saying we're, we're picking Eric Neander. Yeah, we're just picking the Rays front office. Um, the the other one, obviously, is Toronto's lineup. Um, yeah. Toronto's lineup could have played, too. But Easily. That's Braves Mar- bullpen? Braves Mariners bullpen? bullpen. Mariners bullpen. Mar- oh yeah, that's a better one. Mariners bullpens. Uh, that one I considered for a little bit too. Uh, Mariners bullpen is is silly. Uh, yeah. How good that's been this year. Gross. All right, I think that's it for me. Diet smoke still unopened. Peter doesn't do drugs. Arm is drinking still unopened. Soda. Look at this. What do you mean unopened? Oh, oh, mango. Oh. <laughs> also, use code just baseball when you download Prize Picks. If you want to play some player props, uh, check out Not Gambling Advice, my podcast, where we're talking about football, we're talking about baseball, all the player props that you might need, and NFL picks for the rest of this season, as well as MLB. Of course, check out the call up arms podcast. Jack was just on it too. They're talking Arizona Fall League. If you want more info on the Fall League, make sure that you check out the call up. Jack just went into his chest, brought out the just baseball rope hat, which is fire look look at that long sleeve jack's about to hold up are you kidding me go get yourself just baseball merch we're going to come out with a code for the playoffs stay tuned stay tuned and get some just baseball merch and if you have been enjoying our content so far please give us a five-star review rate on apple podcast spotify and if you're listening to this on youtube hit us with a like comment what unit we forgot about and maybe anything else that we forgot about, because sometimes we forget about Miles Michaelis, and they like to forget about Jacob Degrom. I will never forget about Jacob Degrom. Just so you little listeners know, I will never forget. And uh, get your diet smoke. Use code just baseball. Anything else? 
No, I'm I'm ready for this uh, Braves Mets series this weekend. It's going to be or that next weekend. Braves next Phillies. Week? Braves, Braves Phillies this weekend. Then and then next weekend we got the electric Mets Braves uh, series. But yeah, Braves Phillies is going to be fun. Uh, they could easily slip away or or kind of get themselves right back into this conversation and get it tied going into next weekend. So looking forward to that and excited for this final stretch. And with that, thank you everybody.